season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another jam-packed edition of Double Dome Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. I am your host today. You can follow me on Twitter at Eagles Talk underscore. Make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Give us a like. We are live on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. If you're doing any sports gambling nowadays, make sure to use code DOINK at checkout on BetUS.com. That is D-O-I-N-K. You get now 125% return on your deposit. Instead of 100, we have boosted it by 25%. So make sure to check that out. I have my host, Eric Warner, with me. Eric, it's week one. Or we're past week one. The Bears are 1-0. How are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good, not going <laughs> to lie. Um, week one was unenjoyable for three quarters, but that one fourth quarter uh, was enjoyable enough to make the whole week worth it. So, yeah, I love yeah the, I'm feeling good. Let's start with the Bears right away here um, I because I want to get your reaction. I didn't watch the game. Um, I was watching mm-hmm. my, my team completely choke. So, kind of give, me your, give me your thoughts, give me your reactions. Well, um, how did the Chicago Bears versus Lions game go? What's your kind of overall thoughts? Um... I mean, I'm not going to complain about a win. A win is a win. Um, but for three quarters, it was it was almost unwatchable. Um, Trubisky was missing guys. Um, and when he was hitting guys, guys were dropping balls. Um, but, I mean, in the fourth quarter, Mitch did everything everything right. It was like he flipped the switch. He was a completely different quarterback. Um, all three touchdowns he threw in the fourth quarter were into tight windows. Um, I think the last touchdown he threw to Anthony Miller, uh, the winning touchdown, might have been uh, the best throw he's ever had in the NFL. It was pinpoint perfect, right where it needed to be. Um, but for me, the most surprising thing uh, might have been the Bears' O-line held up. Um, that's been my biggest question mark about this team and the reason I'm not that high on them. Um, but they held up the whole game. Um so going forward, that's something to be pretty um, positive about if you're a Bears fan. Um, but if I had to, if I had to be the Debbie Downer, um, Detroit had three cornerbacks go out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so I heard Desmond um, Trufon, the Desmond Trufon injury. I, yeah. I, once he went down, I think Trubisky was like lights out. He had three yeah. touchdowns after his injury, right? I mean, there's not a lot of pass defenses in the NFL that can withstand three cornerbacks going out, but. I mean, Mitch took advantage of it. It's not his fault that three cornerbacks got hurt, but that is uh, that would be the one um, one thing to hold me back from being extremely positive about the win was he did do it against a very mediocre secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like from a Lions standpoint, or specifically Matt Patricia. Mitch Trubisky in his career versus the Lions has a QB rating of 125. <laughs> 12 touchdowns, one interception. Um, like, Matt Tr- Patricia, what is going on? You're a defensive <laughs> guy. And 
Trubisky's carving you? Like that that just can't happen. Yeah, Trubisky, 20 of 36 for 242, three touchdowns. A lot of that coming in the fourth quarter. All three of those touchdowns coming in the fourth quarter. What's your what did you like what you saw from Mitch in general? Like um, I was reading some recaps earlier today. Um he was sailing a lot of balls overheads. It sounded like yeah. he struggled in the first three quarters. But in general, like do you think this guy, like are, are you positive kind of going forward here or I mean, how can you not be just because of that fourth quarter? But, yeah, saying he missed receivers would be putting it lightly in the first half. He he was all over the map. There were some throws that weren't even close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he's got room, room to improve. But at the end of the day, he got it done when, the, when it mattered most, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and it's a positive sign, right? Like, look, it's a division win on the road. I know home, I know home away is not – too big of a deal right now, but anytime you can get a division win on the road in week one, like that's definitely, it's definitely smiles all around. Um, a big credit to Matt Nagy for kind of tallying that comeback as well. Um, I was reading that he did a great job with the play calling kind of towards the end, um, mixing things up, getting Mitch Trubisky comfortable. Um, and that's kind of all you can ask for. Um, but like <laughs> what happened on the DeAndre Swift drop there? I saw that highlight. Um, I was watching uh, when I was watching the game. They brought a they did like a game break and they showed the DeAndre Swift drop. Man, like you got to feel for the guy. That kind of sparked the the Bears comeback, right? Well, no that that was the second last play of the game. It, oh, okay, I okay. I couldn't believe that he yeah. dropped. It, it, I guess that's another reason not to be overly yeah. um, over the moon about the win because that ball that ball was in both his hands and he he dropped it. It was just a flat out drop and. He had an awful game in general, yeah. to be honest. Um, but no, I it's a break, like you said, week one on the road against the division team. You'll take a win any way you can get it. Um, and I just I think it was also just the way that they won must be so huge for Mitch in that locker room. Um, you know, it's got to be clear that guys are shaky on him in the locker room just because of his performance from last year, but. Uh, to drive him down the field and get a win like that, it's gotta it's gotta have guys behind him in the locker room now. Yeah, I know. Um, and you know what? It, it sucks because I want to I want to change this topic before we get off the Bears. Um, a lot of talk this week coming out of Allen Robinson contract right. talks. Um, and then I feel like that sucked kind of the juice out of the win that the Bears has got. Um, what's your kind of take on this? Like, I Allen Robinson to me is a top ten receiver in the league when he gets going. Um, he's only 27 years old, I believe, or 26. He's still a young kid. Um, he's looking for money that he did, I think he deserves. But he had, he's, a, he's eclipsed 1,000 yards last year. He was kind of the only option for Chicago last year on offense. It, it, it seems like this is not going to end well. Um, what, what do you think the Bears should do with him? <sighs> this is a really tough decision for me. I mean, does Allen Robinson deserve to be paid like a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL? Absolutely. Um, the only thing is, is I think Ryan Pace wants to take a look at this, where this team is going. And if, if we're say we're under 500 down the stretch, I think they might look at a, a rebuild, look for the new quarterback, start from the beginning. So you don't really want to be, have a high paid wide receiver on your roster if you're restarting your offense. Um, so I see it from that standpoint, also, Allen Robinson has publicly said that he does not want to play under the franchise tag. He's not the first player to say this. So I don't know why they have the franchise tag, because I think he would be the perfect candidate for one. Give him a lot of money for one year. 
and then reevaluate again. Um, so I, I kind of think I think Ryan Pace is in a lose lose situation personally. Yeah. Um, oh, I, 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 I think I, I wouldn't like it's tough because the Bears like they're going into New York Giants this week. It should be a win, but I agree with you. Like if you're kind of taking looking from um, Ryan Pace's side of it, like if this team starts to fall, that's a trade. That's a blue chip trade piece. A lot of teams need wide receiver help. Um, so that's a guy you could look to deal at the deadline. The Bears have still a lot of money tied up in guys. Um, so I, I don't see a deal getting done. And that's just my Yeah, opinion. not a long-term big yeah. time money. And, I mean, look, I think he's a prime candidate for the uh, franchise tag. Um, yeah. So that's something to monitor. I think, I think him and his agent are using the leverage of the fan base because they know how well-liked he is by the fan base. So by coming public with this, they're getting uh, the fans on their side to just put a little more pressure on management, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, so I'm going to transition um, to the Philadelphia Eagles versus Washington football team game, um, the game that I watched. I think I'm finally over it. It is Thursday currently. Um, I was kind of over it on Monday. Not over it, but I kind of took a deep breath and said, hey, it's week one. I'm going to throw two scenarios your way, and I want you to tell me which way I should be leaning. Okay. So I take a look at the way the Eagles have handled this whole entire offseason with the drafting of Jalen Hurts, with the uh, Doug Peterson kind of vocally coming out and saying, hey, I want to keep these coaches, my wide receiver coach and my offensive coordinator, and boom, they're fired the next day. So clearly ownership and Doug Peterson aren't aligned right now. Um, You take a look at the the way um, that that they've just handled the contract situation with Zach Hurts, for instance. You have Zach Hurts coming out publicly the week before, week before the game, saying that we can't get a deal done. There's, there's a story out that he fought was yelling at Howie Roseman on the sidelines. The way they handled their offensive line, like it's, it's baffling my head right now. You're wasting two weeks of the, of the first of training camp having Jason Peters at right guard, having Matt Pryor as your starting left tackle two weeks before camp, and then two, then the day before the game, you're completely switching it up. Like it seems like this is disaster written all over it. Carson Wentz looks doesn't look like the same quarterback. He looks like he's regressed since 2017. Like you know, this looks like the recipe for a disaster season. But then you look at the other side of it. It's Week One. Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders were out. You could argue Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders are the two biggest pieces on this offense. Not named Carson Wentz. Um, it, it was they they looked good in the first half. Like they looked like like the first drive, like the first half, like they looked solid. Like I texted you, I think I jinxed it. I'm like, hey, because you you took Washington money line, you you were you were hyping that pick all week, and I texted you saying, how's that Washington money line pick looking? Then just from right there, it went downhill. Am I should I lean towards the hey, it's it's a it's a sinking ship, or should I lean towards the hey, it's week one? What's your opinion here? Because I, I don't I don't oh, know which I don't want to take. <laughs> I've been swaying back and forth all week. I don't know how to feel. I don't want to take the um, easy, easy way out here, but I want to see what happens uh, this week because the O line is a huge question mark, and they got to deal with Aaron Donald this week. Yeah, and if Aaron, I mean, eight sacks is eight sacks. Um, if they can't protect Wentz, they have no no chance whatsoever. Um, so I want to see if the O line can at least give Wentz time this week because I think. Um, I think for the rest of the offense should have decent matchups around the field. Um, and the bigger, another concern, what 
why did Deshaun Jackson look so bad? Um, <laughs> it wasn't that he looked bad. He didn't play. Like he, he played. He, he played, played because he looked so bad. No, it, I don't. Like I don't know what's going on with him. Like like the whole. That's my point. Like the whole like scenarios around these players. Like Deshaun Jackson supposed to be your number one wide receiver going into the league, into the year, and he's playing like fifty two percent of the snaps. And then like you draft John Hightower fifth round, he's getting more snaps than JJ Arthur Whiteside, your second round pick from last year. Like it's it's all over the place. I mean, you said you said the offensive line. Like I I feel bad for the offensive line because Carson Wentz. A lot of these sacks were on him. Like he was awful. Carson Wentz was the yeah. worst player on the field all game. A lot Good of those line. sacks, like those sacks, were on him. Like I, I I rewatched the game. I rewatched the entire game. I watched all eight sacks. Five of the eight sacks you could you could physically blame Carson Wentz for. Yeah, the one sack that was just the one play that stuck out to me the most was when they were in field goal range and he took a sack on third down to knock them way out of yeah. field goal range um Carson Wentz is in his, is he's in his fifth year now yeah exactly that, like, that's something that can't happen as a fifth year quarterback yeah I completely agree like, I, I I'm the most Carson Wentz I defend Carson Wentz all the time I'm a pro Carson Wentz guy but man it's it's time to get going here like he he looked he looked awful like he he the first the first few drives he looked good it was scripted look quarterbacks just you get you get ten scripted plays man you can look good right but after that it's how, like how do you how do you go from there he struggled all game I know the offensive line was bad but like I said I had five of the eight sacks I were hundred percent in my opinion on him and look he he's got the pressure on him now going into week two so look I, I think I'm leaning the side that hey let, let's calm down yeah um, me, too, one, me too it's just like it, it's I was thinking like this: if you were going to write a book of like a disastrous season, the Eagles have been writing this book from day one with with the coaching firings and the drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round and blowing the third round pick with Davion Taylor, who's not even getting on the field. Like it's it's almost like you're 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 writing the story for a, a sinking ship. And let, uh, let's hope they can uh, let's hope they can figure it out. Week two, they play the Los Angeles Rams. Like I said, Aaron Donald coming to town. Um, but, like, look, Lane Johnson coming back, I think, is absolutely massive. Um, Carson Wentz, well, you, you brought up the stat. Carson Wentz is a different guy with Lane Johnson on the field. Yeah. Well, also, like, the whole team is banged up, um, the Eagles. Like, they have a laundry list of guys who are questionable for week two. I they need what? they need to get healthy. Just yeah, exactly. Them. It sounds like it sounds like Miles Sanders, Lane Johnson, and um, Derek Barnett are all going to play. So you get three starters back in key positions: running back, right tackle, defensive end. With Vin- Vinny Curry went out with a hamstring injury, looks like he's getting, it looks like he tore and he looked he looked he could barely walk off the field. So I, I, prayers up to him that he gets healthy. But it looks like he's going to probably going to be done for majority of the season. Um, so you get Derek Barnett back to to get some defensive end depth. Um, and it looks like Javon Hargrave might be the only guy that's not, that's not going to play. So they're getting healthy. It's just like, this is it. Like you, your excuses are out the door. Week one, you didn't have these injuries. It's time to rock now. Week two. So yeah. I agree with you. I think this week is is, is huge, and the pressure's on them. Um, with such well, a one more, or I have one more thing on the Eagles. Because yeah. um, my other biggest worry about this team, the reason I was down on them, was their secondary. How did you? Feel how the secondary play. Oh, the defense played awesome. The problem was is like all five of Washington scoring drives were on the Eagles side of the field, right? Like they 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 did their best to hold up. Um, Darius Slay looked great. I thought that was that was one of the best. That was one of the only positives. Sorry from uh from that game. Uh, he he held um Terry McLaurin when he was in man coverage uh, under I think it was two catches for like twenty yards or something like that when he was locked when he was locked in on him. Darius Slay looked awesome, but hey, like. It, 
I, I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the trade more after the fact because you're giving up a third and fifth round pick for, yeah, you get a, you get a 29 year old Darius Slay, but like, look how much that made a difference in this game, right? Like it, it didn't prove that to be game changing. Um, I think the secondary will be fine. I think the defense is going to be fine. Like I, I said it from the start, yeah. they'll, be in that, they'll be in that 12 to 18 range. They're, they're going to be like in the just maybe above average to mediocre category. So like I said, it's going to come down to Carson Wentz and his offense. Before we move on to next week, I want to touch on one more game. Um, the the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Did you get a chance to watch it? But I watched the whole game. And man, it, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was weird. Like it, New Orleans offense looked horrible, but man, their defense is good. Yeah, um, I watched majority of the game. Uh, we had like a family thing going on, so yeah. I was in and out of it. But um, kind of what we anticipated, right? Uh, the Bucks offense not having that much time to gel. Um, they looked rusty. The Saints defense did look incredible, but I also I think it was half that and half the Bucks offense was clearly not in sync. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, Tom Brady, like, I, I think he played okay. Like, I feel like he's getting a little too much heat. Um, like, I know he had the pick six, and it looks bad. But, like, you got to get, like, I we called it before. The Bucks are probably going to start off slow. Um, and I think I think people need to kind of lay, um, lay up on Tom Brady a little bit. Uh, Mike Evans didn't look the same. He was completely shut down. Um, uh, Lattimore, I uh, uh, can't remember his first name. Lattimore was giving him fits all game. Um, he, Mike Evans couldn't get anything done. Uh, yeah. Chris Godwin was kind of their one spark um, of the offense, but yeah, like I, 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 I think these two teams are the best two teams in the NFC. Maybe Seattle and Green Bay both look at Seattle with Dawson. Finally, they let Russell Wilson sling the ball, but I think these are two of the top four teams by the end of the year in the NFC. And um, I, I was surprised how good New Orleans' defense was. Man, like, like watching yeah, watching Malcolm flying. Yeah, watching Malcolm Jenkins out there. Like you have George Jenkins, who looks like a new corner there. Like he was awful in New York when he came back. When he came to New York, now he looks like a back to his old days. DJ Swearinger, like Malcolm Jenkins, Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis. Like they are a stack defense, and I, I didn't see this coming into the year. Something I missed. yeah, yeah, no, they're they're just the team has no weaknesses as long as Drew Brees can hold up and doesn't show his age late in the year like he did last year. I I could I could see this team making a serious run. Yeah, I just the offense didn't look good. Brees looked bad, in my opinion. Like yeah. he looked like the old quarterback that he did in the playoffs last year. And um, yeah, yeah, I think I think both these teams are going to be are going to be right there in the NFC. Anyways, uh, before we move to next week, kind of give us the injury report from Week One. Yeah, or actually, I guess I'll start with those New Orleans Saints. Um, you said the offense wasn't looking that great. It's, they're going to have an even a bigger challenge moving forward because Michael Thomas suffered a high ankle sprain and he's going to be out a few weeks. Um, High ankle sprains are not a very good injury for a wide receiver, especially one who like Michael Thomas, who is such an excellent route runner. Um, That's going to be tough for him to come back from, but Saints should be able to get through it. Um, Team hit hit the most hard by injuries this week is unquestionably Dallas. Um, Tight end Blake Jarwin, who I was very high on before this year, fantasy. Um, he tore his ACL, I believe, on the first possession. That's a tough bounce. Yeah, it looked it looked bad too. Like he's yeah, you know, I, I, I felt I, bad. I feel for him. Um, they're going. I, the depth chart says Dalton Schultz and Blake Bell. I don't know if there's any fantasy value there. Um, we'll see if one of those guys can emerge. But also on the offense, um, tackle Cam Irving. 
uh, left the game with a knee. He's out for a few weeks. He's already playing for an injured Lael Collins. Um, so they're down at that position. Um, Leighton Vanderesh, who we both highlighted as such a key player for this defense, he's out at least six weeks with a collarbone. Um, and Sean Lee is also hurt. So the offensive line and linebackers of Dallas is already banged up. That's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving around the league, Marlon Mack tore his Achilles, unfortunately, for the Colts. That's a tough feel, bounce. I feel like awful him, for as, him. Yeah, I feel awful yeah. for him. He's going into a contract year now. He probably just lost millions of dollars with that yeah, injury. I, like, I, I feel bad for him. I like him as a player. Um but it's just it's going to open up more carries for Jonathan Taylor and Nakeem Hines. So they have depth at the position. I don't think it's going to hurt the Colts too badly. Mm-hmm. Um, Le'Veon Bell is out a few weeks with a hamstring. Um, so that means Frank Gore is going to get yeah. more. I was going to say something on the podcast. Can we – Frank Gore is going to start for the Jets against the yeah. Warriors. That is I, awesome. I honestly, like, I am so down on Le'Veon Bell. He he was somebody I was not touching in fantasy no matter what. Um, and from what I'm hearing uh, coming from New York Jet circles is Frank Gore is just beloved in that locker room. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if Frank Gore actually gives him a little bit more of a spark than Bell was. Uh, Bell looked like he just got his money and he, he does not care about football anymore. I, I actually don't know if this is a bad thing for the Jets, to be honest. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, um, yeah, he's what a fall from grace from him. Like, yeah, that better. holdout, that holdout ended up being the worst thing possible. Yeah, I know. Um, and it's crazy. Frank Gore going against his former team. They're playing 49ers this week. Um, it's it's cool to see. Like, the guy's 37 years old, starting running back. Still the NFL. giving it. Again, yeah. I, it. I was going to sing, sing his praises at the end of the podcast, but yeah, great. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh right tackle Zach Banner tore something in his knee. He's going to be done for the year. That was tough to watch. They just kept the camera on him on the sidelines when he was crying. I felt so bad for the yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I did see that. That was weird. Yeah, he he apparently worked his tail off this offseason and won that right tackle job um, in camp. So that's tough to see for a young guy who worked really hard. Um. And then Richard Sherman is also out a few weeks. Uh, that might be big for that San Francisco defense. They just let DeAndre Hopkins do whatever he wanted last week, going over 150 yards. So um, that that could hurt their secondary. Um, that's pretty much all of, of players of note. There's obviously a lot of guys questionable for week two, but I'll do that report every week and we'll see what happens. Good work there. Yeah, so every week we're gonna have um, we're gonna have Eric run through the injury report. So make sure you tune in and get those fancy lineups shuffled. Um, but yeah, good work there. All right, so let's jump in. You want to do our uh, let's do our three um, teams that we think need to win going into uh, must wins. Must yeah, yeah must win. So uh, why don't you start there? All right, um, I'm gonna go San Francisco. They they lost week one to Arizona. I don't. I didn't find that as much of a shock as the public. Uh, Arizona gave them a lot of trouble last year. But now they're playing the New York Jets. That's why it's a must win for me. This team can't go 0-2 losing to Arizona and New York. Um, That will just start the whole Super Bowl hangover um, narrative. Just They need a win. They need a win just to prove to everybody they – 
They're still um, an elite team. Jimmy G actually has never lost two starts in a row as well. That's something to note. Um, so I have them. I also have uh, Dallas as a must win. Um, they're playing Atlanta. This They're at home. Um, there's just so much hype around this team. Them going in an 0-2 hole I think would be – would be tough for them to see and the way that atlanta's defense looked last week this offense should be putting up points so if they don't put up points that would be a huge cause for concern there Mm -hmm. and um my other team i'm gonna go with tampa um interesting just because uh tom brady the leader in that locker room i don't i don't know if tom brady's ever had an zero and two start in his career i'm gonna assume no um so yeah, he's got to he's got to get uh, get a win for that group so that he keeps that locker room uh, on his side. Interesting. I'm, I'm happy we didn't overlap any of our three picks, but yeah, those are all good ones. Um, I think Dallas is the one that's key there. Like if they lose to Atlanta and they go down to two NFC losses um, to start your season, that'd be yeah. killer for the team. All right, I'm going to start with the Detroit Lions. They're going. They're playing Green Bay. I know the Lions. A lot of people had hype on the Detroit Lions. I think it's more if they go down to Green Bay after the way they lost Chicago. That locker room is already kind of turning on Matt Patricia. I think that that completely flips this year upside down for the Lions. I think this opens the gates for maybe firing Matt Patricia early on in the season. I don't know. Obviously not after week two. But look, at this This could kind of derail the season if they go down 0-2. Matt Stafford kind of did everything he could to win that game um, and lost. You had, like you, said, you watched DeAndre Swift dropping the ball. I think a loss to Green Bay um, would just be killer for that team. Here's one that I'm going to go with. What about the Chicago Bears, Eric? I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Need a win against the New York Giants. Look, if you if you lose after if you lose after that win to the New York Giants, like that that just sucks all the momentum out of this team. They they had a, they had a great win week one, and if you go down to the New York Giants, um, a team that I think I know you said you were somewhat high on them. I think they looked awful week one. Um, I, I didn't have hope in this team at all going into this year. And I think if the Chicago Bears lose to New York Giants and go one to one there, I think it kind of kind of shakes their heads of all the team going, what team are we? Are we good? Are we bad? It opens the door for maybe an Allen Robinson trade. Um, so I wanted to save that for that game. I think the Bears are a team that that um that probably needs a win. Um and I'm gonna go Denver. Um the, the team that's playing Pittsburgh, tough matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, if you go down 0-2 in this division. And that will sink this season, I think, for Denver. They're in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL. I think a win for Drew Locke would be huge for them to the confidence. Um, he looked very shaky in the second half against Tennessee. He, you saw the flashes from him, though. You did. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think he needs to win under his belt this year to kind of get going. But yeah, those are my, yeah. those are my three picks. Yeah, I agree with you that the Giants didn't look good, but I also thought Pittsburgh looked incredible. Yeah, they did. Their front seven, I know the Giants don't have the best O-line, but every single carry Saquon Barkley had, there was two guys on him as soon as he touched the ball. It was it was incredible how, how dominant the Pittsburgh front seven was. Yeah, just the offense looked sporadic for New York. They didn't get the ball in Saquon's hands right. I know Pittsburgh looked good. Their defense is scary. It's just I think it could be more New York bad. Um, but anyways, uh, before we go, we're going to do a segment after um, every Thursday episode. We're going to give you our three locks of the week. We're going to keep track of them. So it's going to be three locks against the spread. We're going to keep track of them going into week 17. And Eric, you want to put a little wager? What, uh, maybe a 2-4 beer at the end? He's got the better That's record. That's a good idea. Let's there do we it. Go. All right, so we'll keep track of all of them. Let's do snake order here. So we'll spit back and forth. So you, you start. 
Okay. Um, one of your teams that you said needs a win, Detroit. I don't think they get it. I have Green Bay minus six and a half. Um, Aaron Rodgers just carved up the Minnesota secondary that we didn't bring that up, but that secondary in Minnesota might be a way bigger issue than I previously thought. Um, Rodgers looked like an MVP again last week. And if D- Detroit, um, those three cornerbacks that I mentioned that were out in against the Bears, they're all questionable for um, this Sunday. And if they're even down one or two of those, it's Aaron Rodgers doesn't need any help. So I'm uh, I'm going Green Bay minus six and a half. Right on. I like that pick. I think the Lions are toast. I think that, I think that loss yeah. the Lions just uh, sunk that ship. So I'm all over that one. I'm gonna go a little to someone here. How about Jacksonville plus twelve? Going here at Tennessee. Look, I'm with Jacksonville's one and zero. Plus twelve on that line. I have plus twelve right now. What do you have? Uh, I had nine, but nine. Okay, so I'm, it must have sucked. I'm looking at two days ago, so it, it's it's must have it must have. Yeah, you're right. It is plus nine. Look, I'm sticking with plus nine. I don't care. Plus yeah. nine, Jacksonville on the road, Tennessee. How about Jacksonville last week, man? How about Gardner yeah. Minshew with three incompletions? Was it three one incompletion? One incompletion all game. That offense has some juice, man. Like I feel like I feel like I under completely underrated this um, Jacksonville Jaguars team. Like Lavisca Chenault, um, DJ Chark, like, they have weapons on offense. And yeah, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew looked great. Um, do they need a quarterback? Do they need Trevor Lawrence? I don't think yeah. so. Man, Gardner can play ball. Um, another thing I want to see from Week One. Did you notice, like? The three, year two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Gardner, are better than the year three quarterbacks in Baker and Darnold. Like yeah. you're seeing these these year two guys, like Baker and Darnold, are fighting for their jobs, and you got, you got Kyler and Gardner flashing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like Jacksonville plus nine. Tennessee didn't to me didn't do much um, in that Denver game. I, I didn't think they looked very good at all. Derrick Henry looked. It looks like that offense is very repeatable. Um, it looks like a lot of films up on that offense now. Um, I, I was high on them and going to the year. I just, I, I don't know. They didn't, didn't flash anything. But, yeah, I like Jacksonville plus nine on the road. Yeah, no, I like that pick. I'd lean that way as well. Um, I'm not touching that game. Yeah. Um, my number two pick, I hate doing this, but I'm going against the Bears. Um, <laughs> oh, New no. York Giants. Oh, man. I'm taking Giants plus five and a half. Mitch Trubisky, I'm leading that fan club. But he should not be favored by five and a half over any team in the NFL. Um, the Steelers were favored by six against the Giants. So now the Bears are favored by five and a half. You're telling me that the the Bears are a half a point worse than Pittsburgh? That makes no sense to me. Um, I just love the line value here. I think Saquon being shut out in week one, he is going to be hungry. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go giants plus five and a half just cause I, that's the one spread that stuck out to me this week. That makes no sense. Interesting. Well, betting against the team, hopefully they still get the W, you get that, you get that field goal win, so You get the betting win and your yeah, team winning. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go Houston or no, sorry. I'm going to go Baltimore. It's minus seven against the Houston Texans. I don't know why this line is so small. Um, I, I think this line should be closer to nine. Look, Houston's defense is awful, and this matchup I don't think bodes well for them at all on both sides of the ball, especially on Houston's offensive side against Baltimore's defense. Baltimore's defense is fast. They can hold on to the speed that Houston has. Like, Baltimore's defense, like, Jimmy Smith is your fourth cornerback. It blows my mind. That guy should start somewhere. 
I think Baltimore destroys Houston. I think Houston's I think Houston's um, ship is sinking. I, I don't like them at all. Um, I, I I think Baltimore blows them out again, um, like they, they did the Browns week one. Take Baltimore minus seven all day. Yeah, I I have that as my third. Do you want me to take a different one? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right. take another one if you got one. Yeah, I love that pick. Um, last year, I was Baltimore was always on these high spreads, and I kept fading them just because I didn't think they would be able to cover. And all they did was just cover, cover, yeah. cover. <laughs> six and a half is not enough. Or you got seven. So I got yeah. seven right now. But, yeah, I need six seven and a half. Is, seven is not enough for uh, that Baltimore offense. They they just put up points like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, yeah, I'll go. I'm going to take Seattle minus three versus uh, New England. Oh, I won the big game. Yeah, Sunday nighter. I think Seattle um, at home, I mean, we don't know if that home field is even going to matter yet, but uh, Russell Wilson looked like an MVP uh, week one. He just carved up that uh, Atlanta secondary and – I'm I'm sticking with that new this New England team does not have talent around it. Um, their wide receivers got no separation last week, and it took it took Cam Newton running the ball for this offense to do anything. Um, Miami doesn't have any linebackers, so he got away with that. Seattle they got Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. I think they'll they'll be able to contain Newton on the ground, and I I don't see New England being able to move the ball through the air. So I'm I'm feeling good about Seattle minus three. Yeah, I didn't want to touch that game. I couldn't figure out who to pick. Seattle is definitely the more talented team. And Russell Wilson looked great um, week one. They finally let him open up the field, finally spreading the ball downfield. Um, Free Russell Wilson was like, trending. Finally, they 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 went to smart way. Brian Schottheimer didn't continue to run the ball on first and second down. Seattle actually had the most passing plays on first and second down in the NFL, which is crazy because they had the least passing plays last year on first and second down. So their offense looked completely different. Um, I don't know if I love that pick. I think it'll be a field goal game. I got plus four right or minus four right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that's going to give me give me three and a half. Then we'll lock it yeah. at three and a half. Okay, three and a half. That works. All right, sounds good. Okay, I'm going to go with one more big dog to end it. Um, Washington football team plus six and a half. Give me those points against the Arizona Cardinals on the road. Look, this defense looks legit. Um, I I saw it firsthand. I, I think Kyler Murray did look good in his first game, but I don't think he's going to be blowing out teams and winning by more than six and a half. Um, I think I think there's a lot of momentum going towards Washington. They're excited. They're happy. They're upbeat. Um, that locker room is probably bumping. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they got they may, may have a little bit of something, something going. I don't think they'll win. I think it'll be a field goal game. But give me those six and a half points all day. Yeah, I don't mind that pick. Um, yeah. Did you see the, the stat about Kyler Murray on his 14 scrambles? Yeah, he had like 91 yards. He was hit once or something like yeah, that, Yeah, right? on yeah. 13 of his 14 scrambles, he either slid, went out of bounds, or scored. Yeah. Um, he... Carson Wentz needs to take a page out <laughs> yeah, of that book. Exactly, yeah. He looks like a young Russell Wilson in the making. So, yeah. But yeah. Like, I, I still like Arizona to win. I just I love those six and a half points. I'll take those all day. Yeah, no. Anyways, Washington should win the line of scrimmage there. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to tune in. We're going to have two episodes weekly going in. Um, one uh, one recapping week uh, the week ahead or week before, sorry, and then we'll we'll look ahead to the week um, in advance. So look out for Tuesday, Thursday episodes all year. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Like you said, make sure to check out BetUS.com. One hundred twenty five percent data our payout bonus. So if you if you bet 
uh, I don't know the exact math, but it's not 100. It's, we, get, we got an extra 25% on top of that to get um, to get betters on it. BetUS.com, code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, at checkout. Make sure to hit the subscribe button, and we'll talk to you next week.